Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 276 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. Hello. How, how are you, you feeling? How you feeling today? I, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fall asleep. I'm the, like, I, I, I could probably make it through the regular show, but the Patreon, thank God you are the one delivering the, the, the assignment, and I am not. because. Mm. So, like, uh, I start work on Monday. Allegedly, I, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, we'll see how things go. Uh, and it's like at 8.30 in the morning. So th- already right there, that's just crazy talk. Like, who who starts work at 8.30 in the morning? That's like almost bedtime, right? <laughs> so yesterday, I'm like, all right, I got to start getting uh, adjusted. Because you know me. Like, I like to wake up at a brisk 11.30 noon in the afternoon, right? So I'm like, I got I to gotta get up early. So I woke up. Like nine yesterday, nine a.m. I'm like, okay, we'll do some baby steps. I got a couple days to acclimate, and I had to unfortunately go to New Jersey this morning to pick up my mom. She's coming back from vacation, and I had to pick her up at ten a.m. So I'm like, okay, I'll get up early yesterday. I wake up at nine, and I'll go to bed at ten, ten p.m. So uh, that was the plan. I did that. I stared at the ceiling until probably three a.m. Could not fall asleep. And then I had to wake up at six. So I got a solid three hours of sleep. All right. And then when I got back from Jersey uh, earlier this afternoon, I was like, well, I could take a nap or I could just power through because, again, I got to I got to get my body cycle like able to like wake up by Monday. So I'm dragging and I ran out of coffee yesterday. So uh this is gonna be a this is gonna be a struggle, I, Joe. For once, I'm gonna need you to carry the weight on this episode, this show. <laughs> so, um, I I forgot I forgot I was gonna ask I forgot if you were a coffee person or not, and it's good that you are. That helps, right? Yeah, I'm not. What kind of sociopath would not drink coffee? Exactly. Um, but I remember about a month or so ago, I had a week and a half off of work, and then when I went back to work. Being off for a week and a half and having to acclimate, having to get up and be ready to go for nine o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is terrible. It's so rough. How did I, why did I take a week and a half off of work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, can't imagine what you're going through with as long as you've been off. Yeah. I mean, I had a brief year and a half vacation, you know, right. <laughs> it's, it's just to, just to refresh, to recharge oh, my, my batteries. Oh, and, and uh, the new work is like, about a half hour or so from home. So if I started eight thirty eight thirty in the morning, it's like I can't I gotta probably leave the house by like seven forty and uh, you gotta compensate for traffic. Yeah. Oh man, this is not good. It's not uh, you know what? Screw this. <laughs> I'm I'm up at the Patreon to fifty dollars a person and I'm just staying home. <laughs> I might have to start asking for a little bit more than I think if you're gonna ask for fifty <laughs> anyway. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll move you up to to forty seven percent. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So I don't want to delay you again. You need your we have a, we got a long night ahead of us, and you need your sleepy time. So let's get right into the show, huh? Let's do it. And now, at odds with wrestling presents this day in wrestling history. We're gonna we're gonna jump around a little bit, not a ton. Uh, we're gonna be pretty much linear from the most part here, uh, but because we're lining up day and date with um, the first season, if you will, thirty-one years ago to the day, we're all very old of Monday Night Raw. 
Uh, today is, uh, you know, 31 years ago was the second ever anniver- second ever episode of Raw. Okay. And they set up on the episode of Raw two angles, two storylines, two something, I guess, if you will. Uh, there's a bit with the Repo Man that sadly none of the skits are available online of him stealing the Macho Man's hat <gasps> and stealing Rob Bartlett's car. <laughs> okay. Okay. And the bigger bit is they set up a match for next week's show, which has a bit of interesting history to go along with it. I think I, oh, no. I don't think we're going to get a word at all. No. Big fight going on, Bartlett. It's still going on. Pat Patterson there. Perfect flare, no doubt about it. Hey, see, come on, but he's not going toward perfect. He knows you. So, uh, this was a live Monday Night Raw. Mm -hmm. They taped that match, which would be for the following week, that same night. So, in between this episode of Raw airing and next week's episode of Raw airing was the Royal Rumble. Okay? Okay. So, they're still not quite yet with the schedule, and this would actually happen almost all the way up until... Oh, boy, because, again, they're not doing... So it happens at Royal Rumble, where the night after Royal Rumble Raw is taped. It happens at WrestleMania this year, where the night after Raw is taped. And I think King of the Ring is taped as well. But they they had taped stuff to kind of set things up. So in, like, one of those weird things, like, 31 years ago today, they taped the match of Perfect and Flair. It doesn't air until the following week. And this is Flair's, of course, farewell from WWF for this this run. But then he still does house shows until the end of January with them saying that he's fulfilling his con- contractual obligations. Yeah. I just remember as a guy who, uh, even at a young age, I loved Bobby Heenan, Ric Flair, and Mr. Perfect as a trio. Yeah. You know, like, and I was like, guys, can, can we work this out? Like, <laughs> we we didn't do enough damage to this relationship. We could figure this out. Like, you don't have to fight before next week because I didn't want either of them to lose and go right. away. You know. And and this, you know, and obviously this this is something that they had just recently blew up back in November. You know, thirty one years ago. 
And that was because Warrior got fired and they had to pivot and put the match in for that Survivor Series. And they turned perfect babyface and broke up the crew. And now here it is two months later and Flair's gone from WWF. Now, the, the story that's told here is that Flair still had like eight months left on his contract, right? Mm-hmm. Provable is that part of his deal with WWF was that if he wasn't happy with the way that his, you know, he wasn't being booked as a top guy, he wasn't happy with the way the booking was going, they would let him out of his contract. And he wasn't, and they did. And he was back in WCW like a month later, but he doesn't wrestle in WCW until like when his contract would have been up anyway, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I get you. And I wonder, like, what would have satisfied Flair to make him stay? Anything short of being the world champ, or would he just be happy to be in the world title picture? That's something that I don't know if we yeah. ever got the answer for, you yeah? Now, the rumor around this time was that part of the deal for letting them go, obviously in the agreement that Flair was definitely going back to WCW, was that uh, Luger had left WCW, two years prior if you remember he was in the wbf and he had just debuted he's going to debut this weekend at the royal rumble as the narcissist right Mm -hmm. so he apparently had a couple months left on his wrestling non-compete from wcw and there's no one's been able to prove it but like the pieces are there that enough people have speculated that part of the deal to let flair go out of his contract was for wcw to acquiesce on that end of Luger's contract. Okay. That yeah. is, is that something, I mean, obviously we don't know that for sure, but I wonder how many examples of those two companies kind of doing a back door handshake deal actually happened. You know, very few. Interesting. Yeah. It was just one of those things where, you know, obviously flair wanted to go. It's not like WF was like happy to be rid of them, but they were happy to get Lex on the books and on TV as a main event major player. And then, you know, we'll see how long this lasts over the next like six months with Lex. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was 1993, 31 years ago. Now last year, of course, ever, the way that everything lined up, we were talking about the 1998 Monday night Raws. The way everything lines up is we're talking about all the 1998 pay-per-views. And on this day, 1998 was the Royal rumble. And, you know, it, this was the main event of Sean versus The Undertaker in the casket match. Um, they're still figuring things out post-Montreal Screwjob, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one-two punch that they have going into WrestleMania season, obviously, one would be this. eliminates Dude, there are three men left. Austin, Baruch, and The Rock. And look at Maya Fia just sat down. He's hurt. He's hurt. He's not hurt. He's let Baruch do all the work. He's smart. <laughs> well, he is smart. Damn straight. Huh. Listen to that crowd. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It's only seven years after that last clip that was in front of like 800 people. Right. Oh, no. No. He didn't make it. 
So there we go. Austin wins the Royal Rumble. Technically the second year in a row that he wins. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, all the hubbub and everything that happens with 1997. Uh, So Adam reacted to a celebrity that was in the crowd who was reacting to Stone Cold winning. And shout out to the good folks at uh, OVP Podcast this week. Um, You know, they were posting up clips today and we'll get to the On This Day in Wrestling and WWE History guy, his clips. But, uh, Michael Cole is in the crowd getting a word with uh, that that celebrity fan. With Iron Mike. Hey, I'm here with Iron Mike Tyson. What did you think of the Royal Rumble match? What do you think of Stone Cold? Intense, man. Cold Stone is my man. He won. You know what I mean? I won a fortune. I'm going to celebrate tonight. I want to believe that he can win. I'm just happy. What, what about the upcoming championship match between The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels? Your pick. That's going to be tough because I've been a great fan of the Undertaker for many years. Shawn Michaels, a young up-and-coming hungry tiger, and I'm looking forward to the match, man. All right, that's Iron Mike Tyson back to ringside. Cold Cold Stone. Stone. Cold Stone. And also, nobody would have believed that uh, that Austin could win. You know, he won a fortune on that long shot underdog. (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously, you know, we talked about it a year ago, but, you know, the next night on Raw is they get the big thing with them and everything else like that. But, like, yeah, here it is, man. Like, this is kind of like the catalyst that starts everything on that road to success and beating WCW and everything else like that, you know? Yeah, and and Sean's just a a young, hungry kid at this point. Yeah, Yeah, just a young, hungry kid. He's a 10-year vet at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was, you know, 26 years ago. And now 25 years ago, we have our 1999 uh, head-to-head Monday Night Tro versus Monday Night Raw. And I'm trying to think. You know, I only got one WCW clip, so let's do that. Now, we're the night after WCW sold out. Um, there was a match with Barry Windham and Kurt Henning versus Rick and David Flair. Okay. So they set up the next night on Nitro, which is what we're going to be looking at here, a singles match of Bischoff versus David Flair. Winner gets control of the company. Obviously, David is wrestling for his dad. And loser gets his head shaved. (laughs) What a high-stakes thing for the loser. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, just an effort to once again further embarrass and further humiliate David Flair and the entire Flair family. Watch this. David Flair with the right hand inside of the head. Cover him. One, two. Got him. He knocked him out. Sucker punches count. He knocked. He hit him in the in the side of the head and knocked him smack dab out. And he's gotten changed. That's because he had something in his hand. What is it? Roll of dimes. I can't see it. A roll of coins in his hand. Keep Heenan on there. He'll grab it. All right. First of all, Larry Zbysko, fuck you for saying that about Bobby Heenan. Yeah. Second of all, you did the same shit in AWA. I don't want to hear it. Acting like you. It's the first time you're seeing this. But uh, how about that punch from David Flair? I want to see that again, please. All right. (laughs) Here we go. 
David Flair with a right hand aside of the head. Cover him. And it's Bischoff's clown sell of it. All right. So we're going to skip ahead a little bit to the head shaving, the right? The Wolfpack, the big guys in the NWO, they're uh, still out of here. They're still in their limousine the somewhere, chased away by the horsemen earlier. And did you see what Flair has in his hands? No. Well, I don't know if, if, if you've seen this in a while. Oh, hey, I haven't seen this look at this. Forever. Okay, because I remember watching this at the time. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> As they shaved Bischoff's head. That's for you, Eric. Bischoff's aging 20 years before my very eyes. <laughs> oh, 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 is he ever? So it's a visual thing, but as they're shaving Bischoff's jet black hair, it actually, it's showing all the gray under. That, that was a horrible haircut, anyway, so this may do him some good. And this ends up being a way that they write, Bischoff decides to write himself off TV, right? Yeah. Um, now, granted, he ends up taking a month-long vacation to France while the company pretty much burns, you know? <laughs> um, but uh, it was a way to write himself off TV. Um, this was, a, so, it's one of those things in retrospect where, like, I watch it today and I'm like, okay. Because the Eric Bischoff heel character never got shown up. Or if he did, it was very rarely, right? Mm -hmm. So for him to get shown up like this, where he loses to David Flair of all people. Granted, it's with the roll of quarters. Then it was a thunderous punch, too, yeah. Right. And, like, okay, so when Bischoff did show ass and, like, lose, it was a bigger deal but, like, I remember watching at the time and just being so upset because, like, he was, like, a nobody, a nothing. And, like, I guess you could say I got worked by it all because, like, if he was a guy, like, because... And then on the flip side, like, Vince would get over on Austin, but for, like, every time that Vince would get over on Austin, Austin would get over on him three times. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Bischoff, like, the baby faces would get over on him... For every like fifteen or twenty times that him and the NWO would get over on them, so you're you're saying that you're upset that the uh, the opportunity was wasted on David Flair, not somebody that could have maybe got the rub from it. So partially yes, but also partially of like I think about it, I'm like the times when Bischoff did get they got over on Bischoff, I remember it much more fondly, but then I also remember all the times they got over on Vince too. And they got over on Vince a ton. And, like, what was the difference in those two characters where, like, even with Vince got getting got by Austin, he was still just as over. And I guess the argument could be made, like, if they got over on Bischoff all the time, he wouldn't have been as an effective heel. So it's just one of those things that I think that you could debate here until we're blue in the face and I'm not going to. But I'm just going to say, watching this now, maybe in retrospect... They, the baby faces should have gone over on Bischoff like one out of every 10 times as opposed to one out of every 20. I think it's just because Bischoff is in the NWO. And mm -hmm. if you're constantly getting one over on Bischoff, you're constantly getting one over on the NWO. And okay. that you're getting one over on Hulk. And that's not going to work for me, brother. Yeah, touche. You know? If he was just a heel figure on his own like Vince, 
him getting his comeuppance doesn't hurt a bunch of other top guys with fragile egos. Okay. Okay. That's my, this is my spitballing, you know? Yeah. And again, I, I'm, I, I'm open to discussion on this and I get where you're coming from, but like it gets to a point where like Vince is part of whether it be the corporation or the corporate ministry. And like, he's alongside whoever the top heel is. And like, it would always be whenever they would get over on Vince, like whether it be the rock or whomever would be there, like on the ramp being held at bay while Vince was being made a fool of. Yeah. I just think that like that era of the of the rock or, you know, dude love or whoever didn't have the egos or the stroke that right. Terry had, you know, that's true. That's true. Uh, so speaking of which over on Raw, Raw is taped. Um, it's the go home show for the Royal Rumble, uh, Royal Rumble 99. You know, we'll talk about the Raw the night after, uh, but we do have a follow up from last week. With um, Dennis Knight, now known as Midian, uh, having uh, the Undertaker's symbol carved into his chest. Okay. Hope he healed. Did you feel it? He did. Jerry Lawler, can you feel it? I saw Hope, did you feel it? What? The time is coming. Seven days, no, six days, six days plus one. Seven. Wait, That's wait, a great what are you saying? Another seven dwarfs, the next seven dwarfs, seven guys, seven brothers. Oh my god, I can feel it. Can you feel him on that same Stop it. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. All right. I gotta go. Just watch. Wait, wait, wait. Look at his chest. Look at his chest. So they're trying to point out his chest. He was wearing like an open robe thing, and his chest was not hard chest from the week before. The magical healing powers of the ministry. That ritual, Dennis Naidu, is now known as Midian. He went through it last week, rather unusual, to say the least. He's a changed person. All right, look at this. We got druids coming out. Here come, here come the acolytes. What are we going to see here, Michael? The acolytes, the druids, Midian. Who is that? That's Paul Bearer now. And King, there is a rumor that The Undertaker, a drastically changed man, is going to be at the Royal Rumble. I wonder if Undertaker's going to levitate this thing. At the Royal Rumble, but he's here right now. He levitated Midian last. The Undertaker unveiled his Ministry of Darkness. To, uh, you mentioned it last week. He does look cool as shit here, man. Yeah, the the, the, fr- the throne, the flames, like oh, this is the height of powers, Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. Ceremony. Poor wretched souls. Your world is polluted with rotting souls. Seven nights passed. You witnessed one of these souls become one with the power of the darkness. Is he actually saying this, or did he get better? It's it's taped, so it's edited. A forgotten face in a vast ocean of individuals abused by the corrupt politics 
of your world. Oh, politics, now, of course, Mark. He sees what you cannot. He feels what you cannot. Seven nights ago, Dennis Knight ceased to exist and Midian was giving everlasting life. All right. So, you know, obviously at the time I knew Midian was not in line for a big push because he was, you know, he was still Phineas Godwin or whatever. <laughs> but like watching these back, it's like, oh, man, like it sounds like they really had big plans for Midian. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, say what you want about your boy Russo, but he gave everybody something to do. Oh, boy. He certainly did. Um, now, obviously, you know, this is a big storyline going on, but the big storyline going into the Royal Rumble, of course, is the Royal Rumble match itself. Winner of the match goes on to WrestleMania to take on whoever the champion is currently mankind. Mankind is taking on the rock, uh, in an I quit match of the Royal Rumble. I'm sure nothing bad will happen during that match. Um, but in the Royal Rumble match itself, Austin is number one. Vince is number two. Whoever eliminates Austin from the Rumble gets a hundred thousand dollars. And we do get the final Vince training montage. This Sunday, this Sunday, this is the final test. This is the final test. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm going to tell you something, Austin. This all started when I was the last line of defense, number 30. You were number 30. We have a whole new strategy right now. When all else failed, I was going to sacrifice myself. I was going to be the last person there to make sure you didn't win the Royal Rumble. Number 30 starts to work, obviously, because now Mr. Michaels is making number two. That crooked commissioner, Shawn Michaels, who makes me number two. Number two. Number two. Number two. That's all right. You got to strike fast. You got to strike first. You have to beat him in. Thanks to my son, Shane, I'm ready for it. Look out there. Look at all the who's that. That stone cold Steve Austin. You know something, Austin? I'm ready for you, too. Because as badly as you think you want me in the ring, I want you just as badly. That's Austin. Look at him. That's Austin right there. Let me tell you something. So just real quick here. Uh, this is the original Performance Center. <laughs> this which is like is the a warehouse in Stanford. Yes. You know, in the industrial park. Yes. It's okay. the original Performance Center. That ring with you, I'm gonna get me some. Oh, yeah, a whole lot. Here we go. Nice clothesline. This Sunday, this Sunday, it's like David Flair. Oh, come on. That's Austin. How do you think that's what Austin's gonna do? You're beautiful. All it is. Oh, poor Dr. Tom. My God, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Joe Jack. Joe Jack. That's it. Beautiful. It's gonna get physical. Oh, that's it. It's gonna get nasty. His middle finger abilities is terrible. You gotta remember, if you don't get Austin out right away, there's gonna be someone coming right behind him. Sick him, sick him, sick him, beautiful! Yes! Watch the close line! Oh, oh, oh! Look at that! Opportunity, opportunity, that's opportunity, that's it! Power, beautiful, yeah! Show who's boss! Which one of the ice creams was that? Oh, how dare you! I'm trying to get a good look at who the two mask guys are, but they're very well covered up. Yeah. If in some strange way I am eliminated from the Royal Rumble, then I got a hundred thousand reasons, Austin, why you're not going to make it, why you're not going to win the Royal Rumble. Just remember this, Austin, this Sunday, there is no chance in hell of you winning the Royal Rumble. 
Austin's going down. Actually, over. Get your cameras ready. He was number two in the Royal Rumble, number one in your heart. Vinnie Mac, the man who eliminated Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Oh, why are all my favorite memories associated with terrible people? <laughs> well, we're going to get to one more. Um, but so this era of WWF was dog shit for in-ring quality, but A plus for memorable moments. And that's why yeah, they every, won. Every match was a walk and brawl. Oh, yeah. Every match was like a two to four minute walk and brawl, right? Yeah. Now... Also on this episode of Raw, something that had been percolating under, we had talked about it a couple weeks ago, when China introduced Mark Henry to her friend Sammy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, this episode of Raw, we get the payoff to this. Now, I'm not going to play that because fuck Vince Russo for life, but I do want to play a clip from JR's podcast, Grilling JR, where he talks about this. Okay. Okay. Sammy was transgender, and China reveals here it was all a ruse to humiliate Mark Henry. Boy, this is uh, wouldn't play today, would it? Hey, you want to shit on transgender people? There's a little way to do it. Seriously, I don't. I don't know how to make heads or tails of this. Well, it wasn't good, Conrad. You, if you're if you can't figure out if an angle's good or not, you just answered your own question. Yeah, it ain't. It ain't. Yeah. It isn't. It isn't. But you're right. It's not. So uh, that was, that angle was so politically incorrect. You know, going along with the the interracial thing, hey, good good for us. Showing an interracial relationship, we're, we're way past all this other, all these old preconceived notions, and that everything's good. They love each other and they're having fun. They're enjoying life. Hooray! Hooray! And then you got the you have to add the transsexual transsexual in, uh, element to it, and you know that's a sad thing because even a sad topic because those that that L, that grouping of people are one of the highest groups to get uh, assaulted and attacked and prejudiced against and so forth. Now are, you read about it all the time, and it's just sad. We're more aware of the indiscretions for our society no matter what phase of society you may occupy. But we didn't do any the that transgender community any favors with that particular angle, which would not even be considered today. So I, I wanted to play that only because I listen to podcasts with people in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, Jay, and a lot of the people in wrestling podcasts today, the big-time wrestling podcasts, are from that same era of JR. A lot of them are old southern white men and it was refreshing to hear jr speak so frankly and like earnestly in regards to like what that angle meant then that it was bad business then and you know to kind of speak up for you know trans rights stuff yeah i don't think a lot of the other folks whether you listen to them or not and you know who i'm talking about would be so frank in that sort of discussion is all I'm saying. So I wanted to play that clip. You know, JR gets a lot of shit these days for, you know, maybe he doesn't have the same fastball he did on commentary 25 years ago, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, but who does when you've been doing it for that long, right? Yeah, but you know what? 
I will say, Jr. Uh, because of that clip, you know what, Jr. You go ahead and you be a reply guy for a couple more weeks, free of charge. Oh, you know, no judgment. Listen, Jr. Being a reply guy was a was a positive in yeah. his. Uh, in his <laughs> I mean, state. in my eyes, yeah. Right, but like to to publicly state that I, I'm shocked that that clip um, hasn't made the rounds a lot more places, just because of like the earnestness and frankness that Jim Ross, who you know you would think either would say nothing. Or would maybe line up with some of the other old Southern white men that do podcasts. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Glad to see that. Now, one last thing I have for this day in wrestling history, Adam, and I know you don't like talking old wrestling, right? Well, I but mean, how, could... how old are we talking? Are we talking like 2000, 95? <laughs> well, Adam, uh, on this day in wrestling history... 53 years ago. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ivan Koloff defeated Bruno Sammartino to win the then WWWF title, thus ending Bruno's streak as WWWF champion of seven and a half years. Jesus, that match probably had at least how many arm bars and chin locks and wrist holds were in that match? Probably it was incalculable. <laughs> I th- so I think the calculated time on that was like maybe 10 minutes. A lot of hip tosses. Because they, they wanted it to be. Well, listen, you don't understand. 53 years ago. Oh, my. OK. Ivan Koloff's finisher was a knee drop off the top rope. I'm I'm shocked that you added off the top rope. I would have, if you had told me it was just a knee drop, like a regular from the mat, I would have believed you because it's like 1971. Well, listen, I'm not saying it's like Mr. Wrestling 2's whose finisher was a knee lift. (laughs) But again, he hits Bruno with this and he wins the title. Now, I bring, you know, I bring it up for two reasons. One, so the next day at TV's, um, they said it wasn't being taped. But they did a deal where Ivan came out with the title and he wrestled against a guy. I forget who it was. It's unimportant of who it was. But they taped a mistake of the guy accidentally pinning Ivan Koloff. And again, the word was that it was going to be a quickie title change. I think Ivan Koloff only has the title for like three weeks until the next Madison Square Garden show. But just in case in those three weeks he decided to screw Vince Sr., they would have footage in the can of Ivan Koloff coming out with the title and being pinned that they could show on TV. Oh, okay. Right. But the reason I bring this up is because we're talking about long world wrestling entertainment title reigns. Okay. Yeah. That reign of Bruno Sammartino's at seven and a half years is 2,803 days. Okay. As we record today, Roman's title reign is, funnily enough, 1,234 days. That's less, yes. <laughs> okay, much less. So yeah. he's, he, the, he, just recently, within the last week or so, he surpassed Bruno's second reign, right? Mm-hmm. He's approaching Bad Terry's first reign. Bad Terry's first reign was 1,474 days. Oh, that's an easy number. Which means Roman has to have the title to some... He has to 
go defend and come out of SummerSlam champion to well, I mean, beat he, Terry's reign. He's going to defend successfully the title at WrestleMania versus The Rock. Yeah, I don't know about that, but anyway. It's 100% going to happen. You're in the minority on that one, Joe. And now, uh, so whatever, you go through some, SummerSlam, you know, lose that next Mania. Looking at the numbers, as much as I... You know, being a long time died in the wool Cody fan, you know, I want Cody to win. I want him to finish the story this year at WrestleMania. And, and Joe, if I can interrupt you, I just want to give you credit as being like the lone person who has been defending Cody this entire time. Like the entire soon to be named network. I know we take our shots and like literally every one of us, all the shows, you know, we need wrestling, final wrestling place, whatever. Like we're always on the Cody, at- like on attack with Cody, but you've been the one that's like, you have this infection. Like it's almost like you have the nightmare narcotic in your blood. And I just want to give you credit for being the one person to have Cody's back this entire time. The one person publicly to have Cody's back. That That's true. Yeah. To have the balls to do it, to speak it into a microphone, to say it on Twitter, uh, a kudos to you, Joe, for having that bravery and that right. loyalty. Loyalty is really the word. Again, I, I don't want to get into what we watched from this past week, but I like Cody so much. I, I wasn't even going to talk about how bad that opening segment on Raw was this past week. But when you look at the numbers and you see how close Roman is to beating Hogan's reign. And then WWE recently has fudged the numbers on Bob Backlund's reign because technically... Bob Backlund's reign is like, like he had it for five years or whatever it is, but I think it ends up being like 2,135 days, right? Okay. That's according to actual historians. But within the last year, WWF has decided to like break up Bob Backlund's reign. Because there was a bit where him and Greg Valentine had a match and it was a disputed finish and the title was maybe held up or whatever. And they're counting that as a break in Backlund's reign. And I definitely think it was like a year ago that they decided, like, we're going to look going forward. There's no way we can keep the belt on Roman for seven and a half years. Mm -hmm. We could get him past Hogan's reign, but we still got that Backlund one. How could we fix that? How could we fudge the numbers? How could we cook the books so that we could say that Roman is the second longest reigning champion of all time? And that's by lying about Backlund's reign, which they had lied about previously, but now they're like lying about the lie, I guess. I feel like, especially back then, like when wrestling didn't really exist, they should have done this at least every two years where they, they kind of bake in a way to, to fudge the numbers. So like holding the title in abeyance for a day or, you know, filming like a, a, a like a fan cam type of perspective of a match in Rio de Janeiro, something where they can then say, like if they want to take away the credibility of a long reign and be like, well, we have this and technically it's two reigns like they did with Backland and just delegitimize all of those older reigns. Right. Well, and that's the other thing is, you know, WWF's history is just a little bit more known because they won. But when you look at like NWA title histories and that's why, you know, in the time period that we talk about, you know, for this day in wrestling history, like the late 90s and the early 2000s, where the numbers of Ric Flair's title wins fluctuates from like 14 to 16 to whatever, 
because sometimes they count that time that he went over to Japan and lost the belt at the beginning of a tour and then won it back at the end of the tour. Sometimes they count the time that he went to Puerto Rico and lost it to Carlos Colon and then on a reverse decision, he won it back. Or sometimes they count when Harley Race would sell a title reign to Otto Vons in -hmm. Germany and then at the end of the tour, he would win it back, right? Yeah. In the early to mid-70s, there wasn't the way information spread like it does even in the 80s, let alone today. So stuff like that wasn't known until like 10 to 15 years later. So it's like, oh, we got to readjust these reins and then say this one doesn't count, but that one does. And now how do we get to these numbers? And that's what WWF decided to do within the last year or so with the Backlund reign. You know, if you look it up anywhere else other than WWE.com, they say that Backlund's reign was that 2,130 some odd days, but WWF.com doesn't. Yeah, I saw the thing with the flair. Like one of the issues is he had the big gold belt when it was just like not the WCW World Title. It was like the international title. Right. And, First, it was just for possession of the actual belt, and then it was redubbed the international title. Then it was re-redubbed the NWA title. Then it was yeah. back to the international title. They all count those as the same belt, but he was like winning it back and forth with Rick Rude. You know? Yeah, and because that kind of has its lineage to like. The NWA, you know, the smashing pu- Billy Pumpkins title, yes. you know, that WWE doesn't own it, so they don't want to acknowledge it. But they'll show pictures or matches where he has the big gold belt because they own that. Um, yeah. I, I, and they also want to eat their cake and <laughs> have their cake and eat it, too. God, I'm tired uh, because they'll they'll show if they want to put over. Uh, who'd you say, like, uh, Carlos Colon won it from Flair yeah. in Puerto Rico? Like, if they want to put over Carlos Colon for a Hall of Fame induction or something like that, they'll they'll mention him beating Flair and winning the world title. But then they still won't count the extra number for Flair. Exactly. Uh, who knew WWE would do such a thing? Exactly. Now, again, you know, that, that's all I got for this day in wrestling history. Now, normally, I know, um, you know, I, I would go first, but... Uh, because you're tired, I'll let you get it out of the way. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so this one's a quick one, but uh, Samoa Joe tried to do a murder on national television. Yeah, this was awesome. Uh, I was. I don't want to say I wasn't looking forward to it because I love Samoa Joe. I like Hook. I'm like, all right, this is gonna be cool. And then I saw it, it, they went on maybe ten minutes left. I'm like, okay, this is this is very WCWE, you know, to have a world title match with not a lot of time. And Joe just beat the shit out of him after an initial burst from Hook. Uh, but that Uranagi on the table, the announce table, that Hook basically took on like the top of his spine, the ba- the the bottom of his skull. Uh, I thought he was dead there. Uh, then he gets the power bomb on the apron, kicks out at one from a muscle buster, and is just like, "Is that all you got? Is that all you got?" I thought that that was all awesome. I could have done, and a lot of people have said this. I could have done without Hangman coming out. Like you could have had this be uh, just a moment to make Hook look like a guy you cannot put down, and have the show go with Samoa Joe being like, "All right." all right, I've beaten you down enough times and you're still getting up. I'm going to walk away after like the third time. Um, but I loved all of it. I'm just being nitpicky. Uh, give me more Samoa Joe taking people to their absolute limit for however long this title reign is. Uh, this is my list of things to talk about as well. This match was awesome. Um, I had expectations for this match. I'm not going to say like crazy expectations. Less for Hook, more for Joe. 
Uh, Joe is in the argument for one of the best wrestlers of the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a bad Samoa Joe match. Can you? Not the top of my head. Right. And Joe is someone who delivers. Joe is someone who has an aura. Joe is someone who comes off as a legitimate badass. And Joe is someone who can do media and speaks well and is in a perfect fit to be the champion. And the two-week build that they had with the match with Hook was perfect. Obviously, the spot that Adam is talking about where Joe gives Hook the urinagi. And instead of, like, shoulders first or, like, back first, it's, like, the back of Hook's brainstem <laughs> is what breaks the table. And it was crazy. Yeah. Um, we could nitpick in regards to how the show went off the air. In regards to Hangman coming out and Swerve being in the crowd, it's not what I would have done, but I'm not in charge of AEW. They want people's lasting thing to be, hey, don't forget these two guys who are also big, you know, big time people, big rating draws, whatever. They're the ones that are next in line for Joe. Now, this will bring up a discussion here was coming up a little bit in the Discord if you signed up for the add-ons patreon you can go sign up for the uh, you can get access to the discord as well so revolution is the next pay-per-view coming up that's six weeks away um we assume that it's going to be joe defending the title against either hangman or swerve or it's going to be a triple threat with joe defending against hangman and swerve okay mm-hmm. with the scenarios that are out there adam what do you do? It's tough because I, I have been complaining in the past that you you got to keep Hangman and Swerve apart from each other because it's like, what is the next step in the escalation of that feud? Considering, one, you already had the most gruesome, bloody match that you could put on television in the Texas death. And number two, you know, Swerve is up to nothing. And as Swerve himself says, like, I ain't got nothing else to prove. You know, why do I have to get in there with you anymore? So uh, I'm not saying I don't want Hangman in the world title picture. I just wish that he was the first opponent for Swerve. Um, I'd say have Samoa Joe pin Hangman. You okay, know, so stall, uh, stall, swerve for a little bit. Okay, so are you saying they do a triple threat, or are you saying they do Joe Hangman straight up? See, you'd have to have a reason why Hangman is leapfrogging Swerve, and there's no reason to justify that, right? And so that's that's where my logic comes to. So technically, you could say Swerve is on a roll. He beat Hangman twice. He should get the world title shot. But yeah. then Hangman or Swerve outside of the wins over Hangman, Swerve has more recent losses on TV from the Continental Classic where Hangman does not have those losses. Hangman has been undefeated on TV against top name talent. So you can make the argument because of those losses, regardless of the victories over Hangman, Hangman's in line for the title shot, right? Yeah, I mean you can also make the argument that like the Continental Classic because it was a tournament I know they don't do rankings anymore, but like, do those matches count towards the standings, the rankings, you know, for a number one contender? When people come out and they show what their current record is, the the matches that they wrestled in the Continental Classic are included in those rankings. I gotcha. Okay. So my only thing is, so you can technically get it to be a singles match, but then that means you need to do another hangman swerve match on tv 
between now and the pay-per-view, and then you need to have one or the other win. Right? Yeah. I mean, and then it's like, okay, hang. let's say Hangman wins. Right. And then uses that as a way to go after Joe. And it's like, okay, so he's now only, he's one and two against Swerve, so he still gets the roll title shot? Well, okay. It's a tough decision based on all the other stuff that we bring to this. You then say definitively, regardless of what their records are, regardless of what their records against each other are, this match exists in the bubble. It counts for the rankings. But the winner of this match gets the shot at the pay-per-view. And then, yes, of course, Swerve can win, continues his 3-0 and over Hangman. And that's okay. There's, there's always, you know, you can always have that thing as a storyline beat for a character, you know, kind of from the Raven and Dreamer stuff where, you know, whatever Raven or whatever Dreamer wins... He can never beat Raven. That's just always his Achilles heel. And no matter what Hangman does, he could just never beat Swerve. Where you have Hangman win, and you have Hangman go onto the pay-per-view to take on Joe, and you would assume that the next logical contender coming out of that match would be Swerve. Mm -hmm. I think that they're going to do a triple threat at the pay-per-view. That's my thought process. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think that makes the most sense. And I I think... If you're going to not pull the trigger on Swerve right away, that's your way around is you have Samoa Joe beat Hangman. Okay, so you still say regardless. So if it's a triple threat or if it's Joe Hangman at the pay-per-view, Joe wins. Yes. But if it somehow ends up being Swerve Joe heads up, Swerve wins. Mm. Yes, but okay. I'm not... I'm not- like I'm not locked in. I'm writing that in pencil just because I can see it either way. And I would not be disappointed if Joe pulls one out because like you said, he's one of the best wrestlers of the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And like we, you know, everybody talks about, you know, we got to get it to the point where X loses the belt to uh, uh, Will Ospreay at Wembley. You know, it's like, where do we have to make the transition to, to, swerve or whatever when does Samoa Joe have to leave to go start filming Twisted Metal which I did right. first I did just start watching the other day so <laughs> a couple episodes in um, so I don't know the timelines for that stuff if you can give me a couple months of Joe and where he might beat Swerve you know in a very close hard fought match and then eventually have him drop it to Swerve down the road but it doesn't cost where Joe only has like a one month or six week reign, I'd be very, I'd be fine with that. It's okay. If Swerve loses to the, to world champion, to the baddest motherfucker on the planet, you know, I'm with you. I still think they're going to do a triple threat. I get the only thing I know for sure is hangman ain't winning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and no offense against Hangman. He's awesome. He looks yeah. looks great with that stash, you know, but, uh, also, okay. It's not his time right now. Now, uh, we're gonna we're gonna come we're gonna come to have a coded Jesus meeting on all this sort of stuff, right? Uh, you, Joe is penciled in, Swerve is penciled in to walk out of the pay per view as the champion, right? I want you to come, uh, you know, you better come to me with great creative as to why Joe loses and as to why Swerve loses, so that I have a plan, so I can go. Okay, I've decided that Swerve is gonna go. He's gonna win the title, but here's my next six months for Joe. Okay, Joe's going to win the title, but here's my next six months for Swerve, right? And it better be gold if if Joe's going to lose or if Swerve's going to lose. I need to have great stuff for them for the next six months coming out of this. Now, 
I was just going to say, if Joe has to leave for two months. Right. Um, and we yeah. don't know what that schedule looks like. We don't know what the filming yeah. schedule looks like for the TV show. We don't know what else Joe has. Right. Yeah. And if he has to disappear for two months and then just shows up two months from now and just chokes out whoever the champ is out of nowhere, that that's great creative right there. Perfect. Now, all of these plans get thrown out the window. If in the next six months, Hangman's mustache is twice as thick and he's gotten <laughs> rid of the beard. <laughs> Or if he just dyes the beard a different color. Nope. He has to get rid of the beard. We need a double thick, almost Sam Elliott-like Magnum TA mustache. He shows up at TV looking like that. He's the champ. No questions asked. That's my creative look at that man. All right. I thought you were going with the bad Terry thing there for a second. No, not bad Terry. Good Terry. (laughs) Broski's pen pal Terry. Yeah. Magnum Ta. Yes. (laughs) So... Uh, just real quick, my again, we we doubled up on that. Real quick, I just want to say from Dynamite, um, the opener with Christian and Dustin Rhodes, mm. really good match. If you are a fan of professional wrestling or you are yourself a professional wrestler listening to this show, I want you to watch that match. And I don't want you to pay attention to the moves. I don't want you to pay attention to the crowd work. I don't want you to pay attention to any of that. What I want you to focus on is the timing on the kickouts. Every single kickout in that match was like a 2.99999 until the finish. Those are two pros. Dustin with 30 plus years of wrestling under his belt. Christian with 25 plus years of wrestling experience under his belt. Again, not just unbelievable on the kickouts. Not staring at the referee waiting for the cue. Timing. It's something that comes with age. But there's something that you, as a young professional wrestler or a wrestling fan, can watch and appreciate the skill that that takes just as importantly as doing like a 450 to the outside through a table. Mm-hmm. I'm also happy. I don't know if it was on Rampage or where it happened, but it happened since we recorded last week. But we got the face-to-face between the two of them, and Christian got to bring up Dustin's dad being dead. You know, it was. I think it was on Collision. Collision, gotcha. Um, my only other thing I'm going to ask you, I'm going to I'm going to have you power rank these four people, Joe. All right. And from you are most excited for their new role to least excited, and that is Jungle Boy now with beard in in New Japan, or Top Dalla, or Nick Nemeth, most wanted Nick Nemeth or whatever his name is, or I'm hoping this is your number one. Ash by Elegance, Joe. Right. I want to hear your your power rankings and why. I was going to do a bit. I'm going to still do it. Um, where I was going to be like, oh, TNA had the big pay-per-view, the rebranding. Um, I don't even know what the name of the pay-per-view was. But it was like, it was on the tip of everyone's tongue, even though I don't think a lot of people watch it. They were just following along on social media. But they get the big debut this past weekend. Hot off their epic WWE run, known for the tan, the blonde hair, <laughs> the, everything that uh, that everyone knows when they close their eyes and think of this person. Of course, that's the TNA debut of Dana Brooks, whatever the hell her name is. Ash um, by Elegance. Put some Ash. respect on it. <laughs> She's Dana Brooks forever, right? Mm. All right. So power ranking, we're going to go worst to first. Bottom yeah. is is dollar king fuck that guy <laughs> he sucks i know he's a how nice do you guy. start a, 
How do you start a pay-per-view with him? Like, this is going to hype people up. This is going to get people that were maybe on the fence. You know, they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger on it. I'm kind of interested in what they're doing in TNA. Uh, you know, maybe I'll give him a chance. But let's see what the first thing is. And maybe then I'll, I'll, I'll spend some money. And then it's like, here you go, top dollar. <laughs> I think we, the collective we listening to this podcast, part of the Soon To Be Named Network, are in the minority when it comes to their fandom of top dollar. I will give... Top dollar credit. He's a he's a PR machine. He does a lot of good charity work uh, in his community and around the United States, based on his name, both past WWE work and music work and being in football. I never want to see him wrestle a match ever again. <laughs> and if he's just going to be in TNA as a character, that's great. But still, eh, he's a bit of a jerk off online, so he's bottom of the pile, right? Okay. Uh, next up is Mr. Per- like, I have no personality, so my personality is I'm going to grow a beard in Jack Perry. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's scapegoat Jack Perry. Come on. He's the escape goat? Uh, who let the goat out? <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yeah. Um, didn't care about him before. Didn't care about when he was interacting with Phil. Voldemort, excuse me. And I don't care about him now. <laughs> All right. Final two. Final two, I'm going to say number two with an asterisk is the zigzag man himself. Uh, only because I want I want my I, fuck the singles match with Broski. I want the singles match with Ziggler and Brian. Brian Myers. Okay. I get that. Eh, he'll, he, I, you, I can maybe be convinced to put him below top dollar, right? Unfortunately, you, you probably will get that match on Ziggler's road to Moose. You know, he'll run through Myers just to get to <laughs> fucking the world champion Moose, which oh, I hate saying that. But yeah, yeah. So you'll probably get that match. But number one, just because of its connotation and importance here on the soon to be network, and that would be Dana Brooks. Dana Brooks is someone who I don't want to name anyone. If you look at the show image, I'm just saying who's standing next to her. He runs his mouth publicly, but when push comes to shove, standing right next to her for a debut. Big supporter. Exactly. She is someone who has tried very hard. In her time in WWE, she she changed her look. She changed her physique. She changed what she does in the ring. She changed a lot about what she does. And unfortunately, it just didn't work. Some people just aren't cut out for it, right? It mm-hmm. didn't connect. Uh, she was one of 15 random muscled up blondes in the WWE roster. So she got lost in the mix. I'm not making excuses for her. I'm just stating facts. Maybe TNA is that fresh paint of coat that she needs. And maybe she's going to come and knock her socks on her ass. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know what we're going to get from top dollar. Right. <laughs> yeah. We know what we're going to get from jungle boy, Jack Perry. We know what we're going to get from Ziggler. I think. We're going to be surprised one way or the other in what we get from Ash by Elegance. <laughs> My only thing with with Jungle Boy is I, I agree with you on just about everything you said. And I'm not a Jungle Boy fan. I'm not like, oh, great. I'm excited to see where this goes. But if this is his way of getting back 
like if this is the beginning of the story of what leads to him coming back to AEW, I'm interested to see what they do. Not because I want to see Jungle Boy in AEW, but just because it's like, hey, this is something that's part of a bigger thing with with Voldemort and the Bucks and and Crimea River and all that shit. So just from a, uh, a train wreck perspective, I'm in, I'm interested to see what they do with that. If this is just Hey, Jack Perry's going to be in New Japan and the Indies, and he's probably never going to be in AEW again. Then I'm not interested just because I'm like, okay, this is your indie gimmick, and I don't care about it. Does that make sense? If you believe he's actually done with AEW, I got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Gotcha. And then with that being said, like he's doing his his Pillman and ECW thing, basically. Okay. Perfect example. What I think charisma, connecting with the crowd, longevity in the business, chance after chance just squandered and squandered by the company, the two names that pop to mind immediately are 1996 Brian Pillman and 2024 Jack Perry. (laughs) Oh, wait, no. Jack Perry was given chance after chance after chance after chance. He was considered one of the four pillars alongside the same names as MJF and Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. And he fizzled out there. He was a multi-time tag team champion. He gets the program with Christian. He was given everything. And he just never quite connected in the way that they hoped he would. And he was a favor hire, right? He's one of the Young Bucks boys. He's a West Coast kid. You're going to see during this run, Jack Perry is going to do an indie one. Okay. He's going to do a couple New Japan Strong shows. If you consider them indies, so be it. I doubt he's actually going to go to Japan, New Japan. Mm -hmm. And then in about three to four months, he's going to show up unannounced on the AEW pay-per-view and they're going to act like he doesn't work here anymore. Or they'll do the lights go out, the lights go out. Yeah. And he'll be in the ring and people will be losing their mind. You know? Mm, will they? Well, uh, the AEW crowd, the people who stand for an entire show in the front row, they'd lose their mind. Okay. And again, I'm, <laughs> I don't want you to think I'm putting Jack Perry in the same like sentence as Brian Pillman Sr., but I, I can tell that that's where they're trying to go with it if, if he's still going to be coming back and, to AEW. And that's great. Yeah. He's not the guy to fit that mold. Oh, not at all. But they're trying to see what sticks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I agree with you that uh, Ash by Elegance and Ziggler, uh, they got some interesting possibilities. But man, why did it have to be Moose as the world champion? Like trying to make me tune in. You're going to have Moose. And what's the little faction with Myers called the system? Uh, I don't know. They look they look nice all dressed up, though. Yeah. All right. I, I just. I was excited about TNA like two weeks ago. Moose is their guy. If you're going to watch TNA, you just have to deal with Moose being the guy, right? Yeah. That's it. All right. What else you got, Joe? Anything? That's it. I'm done. All right. Well, you know what, Joe? We talked about Brian Pillman Sr. a second ago. It's time to talk about somebody completely unrelated because he's first of his name. My way, my life. The Lexus King moment of the week. This week on NXT, Lexus King attacked 
Trey Bearhill after Trey's match, but that doesn't matter because earlier in the week, Lexus King explained the origin stories of his infamous facial hair. And now, thanks to a generous donation from the Goldstein Foundation of the Arts, I present to you a dramatic reading of the transcripts of that interview. <laughs> The tuna fish song. <laughs> Is there supposed to be something else playing with this? Okay. Everybody joked. They were like, Trick and Mellow must have hooked him up with the barber. But that's what actually happened. That was like a comment on Twitter. But they actually. I moved to Orlando and I thought, well, I need to hit somebody up and see who the best barber is. So, I texted Mello. I had him on Twitter. I didn't have his cell phone number at the time, but I said, Hey, man, where's the best barber in Orlando? And he's like, Don't worry, man, I'll hook you up with Charlie. So I hit up Charlie, and I've never had this done before. All I asked was for a haircut, like I had in AEW or previously. I said, line me up, line me up sharp, make me look good. And he adds all the color, he adds all the brown and the really dark in your beard and really bring it out. But I didn't know he was going to do that. This is my first cut with this guy. I get out of the chair, I look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's it. I loved it. So people who are shitting on it, I loved it. I got out of the chair and I was like, hell yeah. This has been your dramatic reading of the Lexus King moment of the week. A, a special thank you to Arthur MacArthur, apparently, for, <laughs> for doing that, uh, that dramatic reading. <laughs> it took everything in my power not to sing the Grease Man's Tuna Fish song. Anyway, um, so I I have to um, sympathize a little bit with uh, uh, Lexus King there. So we have uh, in my area, and I'm sure in most people's areas, there's like a barber shop, like almost like on every corner, seemingly mm -hmm. popping up like all over the place lately. I don't know what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just my neighborhood. But uh, I couldn't get into my usual place. And I went to one of the new places that popped up and um, I was definitely the only white. I was maybe the first white person that walked in there. I was definitely the only white person that was there the entire time that I was there. And I didn't ask them to line me up, as you say, but they definitely lined me up on my beard mm. and I fucking hated it. It was just one of those things where like my wife is like, oh, it looks so nice and clean and neat. And I'm like. It looks so bad, right? And this is, like, one of the things that, like, I don't need to be seen on national TV by people. I don't take pictures of myself on the reg. You got to pay for those once a month. Um, <laughs> but, like, we were going to a wedding, and I'm like, is this going to grow in or grow out? And I don't want to, like, reshave it. I don't want to get rid of my beard to get rid of this. But it's definitely not something that a 45-year-old man should have. And it's definitely something that Lexus King shouldn't have. But if he's happy with it, I guess then... We all should be happy with it. <laughs> yeah. Now, 
did you watch the entire interview that he did with uh, Chris Van Vliet to really uh, get into the psyche to, you know, like how I consumed, like over the last year plus, I've consumed all the L.A. Night media that I can to get more inside the head of L.A. Night? <laughs> did you Joe, do the I'm same not- with Lexus King? I'm not working myself into a shoot. So no, I saw literally the transcript on uh, on Twitter and I screenshotted it. And I was going to attempt to play the music and read the transcript and try to not like chuckle at my own bit all at the same time. And I was like, no, I'm way too tired for that. So I'm just going to pre-produce that. <laughs> and I think I might just do that from now on. You're just going to have a soundboard of things that you're going to hit buttons. And it's like Adam's reaction to this. Adam says something greasy. Adam says something about broski. Just hit the buttons from now on. But no, I did not uh, listen to the interview or even hear that clip. I just read it. All right. I, I And again, if. We'll talk off air of what I uh, I would have done. Maybe we'll save it for another time. Yeah, I mean, when, again, when, well, the, wind, the window is shortening. So, um, you ever see the bits when Weird Al would do Al TV on MTV back in the day? I know of it, but I don't think I ever watched it, to be honest with you. So, he would do a bit where he would cut up an interview with a celebrity where it made it look like Al was interviewing the celebrity. Okay, Colbert did that a lot as well. Okay, okay. So... I was going to say, like, I was like I was wondering if Adam was going to do that, where, like, you took all, like, whatever the answers that Lexus King had, and you had, like, the question is, like, why are you such a dumbass? And his <laughs> reply would be, like, well, it's just something that I embraced, and, you know, it was really what made me feel like me, and blah, 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 and, like, you cooked this whole thing. And, obviously, you need the visual for it as well, and we'd have to say that it was parody, parody, whatever. Um, but I, I like what you did. You did a fun bit in regards to uh, his shitty facial hair that he's so proud <laughs> Thanks. So we we might cut out that entire suggestion that you just made from the show. You know that this will maybe this only goes out on Patreon. The regular feed doesn't get to hear uh, you suggest that. So that when we do it in a week or two, well, I so here's the re so here's the reason that I thought um I could say it on the air, and I'm like I, I literally thought to my head I'm like oh I could pitch this to Adam off air, and then he could do it. In- oh no, he starts his job on Monday. He's not gonna have any time to be fucking around with stuff like this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so maybe uh, somebody else will do it, right? This is true. Yeah. Um, so, um, homework tonight over on the Patreon, speaking of the Patreon, is going to be us discussing the 2021 uh, Netflix original movie starring Gail Godot, The Rock, and some guy, Red Notice, <laughs> uh, next week on the Patreon, because there's no pay-per-view this weekend, we are going to with there so there's no pay-per-view scheduled in the year 2024 this weekend but this weekend there is a pay-per-view for homework and that is WCW Super Brawl 2000 Adam I cannot wait to watch this uh, you know what I I'm I I agree <laughs> but I'm it's not I'm not sure whether it's because I'm excited for the matches or excited to some kind of closure for what we've been slogging through. Um, but I agree. I'm tentatively looking forward to watching it. Adam, I will, I will promise to you before we watch this pay-per-view, there is absolutely no closure to anything. Yeah. Well, big Al gets closure. <laughs> well, and Joe um, breaking news. Uh Oh, 
Spy report. Spy report. According to New Japan Pro Wrestling, Okada will be leaving New Japan at the conclusion of his contract, January 31st, 2024. What? Yep. I, again, uh, as the person who is most plugged in to the Japanese wrestling scene and as uh, half of the podcast that we'll be releasing first amongst the people who might cover this, uh, I'm breaking that news. It just came across. Holy shit. Unbelievable. Yeah. But okay, sorry to, so um sorry to okay. sidetrack. Yeah, so I'll I'll throw this out here. So as you mentioned that, here is the official statement from Okada. Uh, I have nothing but gratitude for having been part of New Japan since 2007 and for New Japan bringing me from a 19-year-old kid off the plane in Mexico to the rainmaker I am today. Thank you to the best of companies in New Japan, to the best of opponents that I have been able to face here, and to the best of fans that have cheered and booed over the years. I promise to make it rain in every match I have left, so keep watching. I mean, this is this is pretty pretty big news. <laughs> uh, I would say so. Yeah. Now, um, the only other thing is, you know, obviously you broke in with that, of course, and that is important information. But I also want to say, if you're a Patreon, and, you know, we discussed the homework, and I know Super Brawl 2000 um, equally as important as Okada leaving New Japan. <laughs> true. Um, yeah. At least on this show, right? Pretty um, If you're a Patreon member, you will get the full um live airing not the version that's on the network that has the pr- the version that i will provide you will have the pre-show oh i didn't even know they had pre-shows back then on wcw yes, yes. um and then uh okay so you would mention his contract runs out on uh january 31st and so funny we talk about this with the flair thing leaving wwf in 1993 the new japan statement says um, we apologize about the abrupt nature, um, but um, join them in wishing Okada the very best in his future. At the New Beginning series, uh, beginning this weekend, Okada will still appear on the February 11th, 23rd, and 24th dates. Changes may be made. We will let you know ahead of time. So even though his contract is up on the 31st, he still has three more dates in February that part of his contractual obligations that he must fulfill. From maybe like missed shows or whatever, yeah. Whatever, right? Yeah, so it's like, kind of like I was just yeah. gonna say, like Osprey signed with AEW, but then kept on working dates in New Japan, you know? Right. So hey, I don't know where where do you think Okada's gonna end up? Do you think uh, he's uh, okay? Go ahead. I don't want to see him go to a- to WWE. I don't. Don't make it happen. He is gonna be the Raw after Mania debut. Oh, they'll never see another Okada match again. <laughs> Come on, Adam. Aren't you excited for Okada versus, let me look at the list, John Gargano? Oh, no, wait, Adam. Aren't you excited for the Rainmaker versus The Miz? <laughs> oh, no, wait, Adam. I know the one that you're excited for. It's the Rainmaker versus Phil. 
we won't get that, but I would watch that. It's going to be, you're thinking way too big with the Miz <laughs> and way too big. Nobody's ever said this about Gargano, but way too big with Johnny Gargano. <laughs> like, aren't you excited to see Okada versus one of the Viking Raiders? I, okay. I think it's a different WWE, no matter what your opinion is of them. I think if they bring in Okada, which they are, um, and they position him immediately as a top guy, that is definitely going to be a way to dispel the myths that it's the same old, same old WWE. What better than bringing in a guy like Okada and immediately putting him at the top of the card? Well, I mean, they did the same thing with another bleach blonde top guy from another company and Cody and pushed him to the stars. And then he never really got his his run as a top guy. Hmm. Well, listen, I think once you acquiesce and decide to be a top guy in WWE, you've acquiesced to be less concerned about match quality and more concerned about paychecks. And I got no problems with that. Gotcha. All right. Well, Breaking news. I love it. Yeah, sad to see him go from any television that I would watch other than the matches against Phil. <laughs> We're gonna we we've just scooped and booped uh Brett and DJ, Tim and Marcus. Yeah. I think they're talking about this on um Puzzle Warriors 3 this week too. <laughs> no. Um all right. So we mentioned the homework, we mentioned the breaking news. Um I know Adam wanted to get things wrapped up, but we got some phone calls, right? Yeah, before we go to that. Oh. At odds rumble opportunity. Oh yes, yes. Throw a real quick plug out there. We talked about it last week. Thank you to everybody who has signed up already. Um, we still have less than a third of the spots available. So probably if you're hearing this over the next day or two and you're interested in joining the Rumble Opportunity, let me know quicker, sooner rather than later, because we will draw everybody's selections on next week's show. So it's five bucks per spot per Rumble. Let's just call it ten bucks because you're going to want one in the men's and one in the women's. Uh, so just message me on some kind of social directly and we'll, we'll set something up. Yep. Don't message the, um, at odds account because I'll ignore it. Yeah. Joe is a, a squatter there now. That's right. <laughs> so um, yeah, definitely. It's if, again, uh, whatever your opinion is of WWE, the Royal Rumble is always fun. Um, you know, the randomness of it all. And obviously the, uh, you know, the ability to win a lot of money too. Right. Yeah, I mean, like it's winner take all per rumble, so five bucks could win you. Well, well, math is hard, one fifty, something like that. Yeah, thirty times five is yeah, that's one fifty. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, and plus, obviously, DJ is going to have Damian Priest again. Yep. So, continuing that streak, looking forward to that. Uh, <laughs> let's see if I can maybe not draw a blank entrant like when I had Rey Mysterio and he got taken out in the aisle two years yep. ago. Oh, and then wasn't there the, the wasn't there the disputed thing when it was Edge and Randy Orton winning? Yeah, like, they because, drew numbers one and two, but then the website said it was numbers two and one. Yep, I had I think I had number one, if I'm not mistaken, and it was Edge or whoever it was. Yeah, Edge one. Yeah, and then they had what was Orton came out at number one, and Edge came out at number two, despite previously being announced in the reverse. Oh no! So you okay? So right, you had number two, and it was Orton. Okay, okay. and then they switched it on the website and said that Orton was number one and Edge was number two. 
I'm just, yeah, I'm confused. I just know I didn't win. And right, you didn't win account. because yeah, Edge won that screwed. year. Right. Got screwed. This is, I'm putting this up there with the fantasy football league screwing up the uh, seedings. <laughs> just things keep on conspiring against me despite my best efforts. But regardless, if you're interested in getting into this fun, uh, you won't get screwed like I do. Uh, <laughs> contact me and we'll fill this up. Maybe Hopefully we'll fill it in the next day or two. Right, and we'll draw it uh, on the show live next week. And even if you don't get a chance to listen, we'll make sure that you get your numbers, your picture, whatever's um, message to you. And listen, if you're on the Patreon, I'm sure we'll just put a list up somewhere, right? Yeah. And I'm going to speak in a Patreon. Glad you mentioned this. Uh, one of the spots in the men's and in the women's, I am purchasing on behalf of our Patreon members. Oh. So if the patreon wins so let's say like whatever we draw and it's like okay in the men's patreon drew number 30 and then uh number 30 wins what i'll do is i'll do the the spin wheel gimmick and one of our patrons will randomly win the the royal rumble winnings oh look at that that sounds like something complicated that i want no part of Yep, I'll take care of all of it. It's very easy. I literally take all of our patrons, put them in a little, little spreadsheet thing, and put it up on the wheel, like when you pick the the shows on Longbox Heroes. Yeah. Easy and I'm gonna And like I do every year, I'm going to get the John Cena hat out. We're going to put numbers in them, and I'm picking physical numbers out of a hat, like I do every year. Yep. <laughs> so we'll, we'll even video. You know what? We'll video that, and I'll, I'll cut it out and put Will just we? the... Nah, okay, maybe not. All right. <laughs> We'll see. I got um, enough hats that I could put a hat on and have two yeah. hats. Yeah. I'm just still shell shocked from uh, DeWiki accusing you of cheating in the the fantasy league. That's all. Everybody che- accuses me of cheating and everything, right? Yeah. But anyway, as far as the Patreon giveaway goes, uh, must be an active Patreon. No like cancellation dates on the books. So. All right. Other than that, I think that's pretty good. Let's go to voicemail. All right. First call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Um. I, I know it's late. I know Joe doesn't really listen to voicemails ahead of time, but I I hope I hope that Joe let Adam go first this week. I did. Um, just because my my question's more Joe centric. I mean, Adam, I, by all means, if you have answers, ideas, thoughts, whatever, I, I want your opinion too. It just it seems like Joe's going to give the the majority of the answer here. Um, so assuming that. Joe is Howard Stern for Ad Odds. Who is the rest of the Ad Odds Wax Pack? And uh, who are their counterparts for the actual Wax Pack? Now, I was thinking for Adam. Um, some might say Adam would be the co-host would be Robin Quivers. I, I'm leaning more towards Baba Booey, though. Um, but then, you know, who who else would be part of the WAC pack? Whether it's, you know, uh, frequent callers, contributors, uh, people that, you know, help out jingles or anything, or even just other members of a soon-to-be-named network. Whatever whatever responses you want to make, just kind of get, you know, get silly with us. Have some fun. Know what else is fun? <laughs> Listen to Patreon shows. Talking about the homework for this week. Red Notice. Uh, very, very interesting movie. Um, 
by the time I'm leaving this voicemail, I've not written up my thoughts, but by the time you listen to this voicemail and it goes up on the podcast, I'm sure my thoughts will be out there in an article at that point. Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. No homework? No, wait, do we have homework before next week? Yes. We do have another homework. Yes. Drumble's not for a while. Ooh, ooh, is it Super Brawl time? It oh, is. my God, looking forward to it. Looking forward always to the Patreon show and the regular show. Looking forward to the answers this week. All right, guys. Talk to you later. All right. Thank you for your call, Kevin. Kevin actually called in a day early for this one. He's busy this weekend. Mm-hmm. All right. So he mentioned, he says Howard Stern, if I'm Howard Stern, whatever. And he says the whack pack. The whack pack is like your Gary's, uh, not Gary Bubba Booey's, but your Gary the Conqueror and Wendy the Conqueror or Beetlejuice or Eric the Actor or people like that. But I think what Kevin was kind of looking at, like the inner circle, like the people that are in the studio, right? Mm-hmm. Fred, Robin, Jackie Jokeman, Gary Del Bate, people like that, right? Okay. It's tough to like put people into those positions, right? Because like obviously, like this show is this, and the entire network is that, and it would be difficult to pigeonhole anyone, like. I, I guess if anyone you would be closest to Jackie Jokeman with your bits. <laughs> okay. Um, but then I, I would hate to say this to you, but recently with um, doxing someone's name by just reading random things on the Patreon, I would hate to paint you with the brush to say that you were stuttering John. Okay. But I don't know. You did a stuttering John thing, right? The only thing that I could say, if we're talking about the stern inner circle and soon to be named network without a shadow of a doubt, Ed is Artie Lang. <laughs> okay. That's that's it. It's too tough. It's too tough of a question. I couldn't I couldn't pigeonhole people into those uh roles. There's not enough people. There'd have to be like three Freds and like two Robins. We're gonna get into G- like then we're gonna get into Jasons and Wills and JDs and Ronnie the Mun, limo drivers, and nobody wants to hear about any of that sort of stuff except for Ed who is the Artie Lang of the soon-to-be-named network. And he will say that that is the highest compliment that anyone has paid him. <laughs> and Artie Lang and Robin are like the two names that I know from everything you just said. Oh, okay. So, nope. And Jackie Martling. I know Jackie Joe. Everybody knows Jackie yeah. Jokeman. Yeah, I remember the commercials for hot dogs and donuts. Yeah. You don't know <laughs> Gary Delabate, Baba Booey? Come on. Yeah, I, I know. the. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. But, and again, on the flip side of thing. Who who on the soon to be network wants to be Sam Roberts, huh? Who wants to be Opie? Who wants to be Anthony? Don't all rush up to the front of the line first, everybody. Want want exactly. Listen, history is written by the victors. That's the only reason ONA is getting buried on this show. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Not yeah. that. Well, yeah, listen. Only reason. That. Anyways, go on. <laughs> all right. Next call. Hey dudes, what's happening? It's Kenny, first time, long time. Uh, it's a blessed, blessed day as my post post carrier showed up at my house today with a rainbow covered package containing merchandise from one independent wrestler that I purchased back in November. <laughs> Done deal. No, no email necessary, no angry tweet necessary. Adam was absolutely right. Whether it be one month, what, two months, what, 
three and a half months? What? You'll eventually get your merch from somebody. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to Ian Riccoboni. Commentary on Dynamite last night during Orange Cassidy's match saying he'd rather be slam dancing at Sokol's. Fuck Jerry Lawler. Ian Riccoboni's the king forever. Get wrecked, Bob. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Forgot to mention this one. Shout out to all the soon-to-be-named network overtakers, baby. <laughs> Thank you for your call, Kenny. Uh, yeah, so I think it was picture-in-picture, but it was enough that it got out there that Ian shouted out Sokols on national television this past week. That was awesome. Yeah, and I, I what's, you're saying it was on picture-in-picture, like was on like the fight feed? Yeah. Or was it? Okay. Uh, yeah, because so, I didn't hear it, and I just thought I just missed it. Like, I was zoned out or something, and I saw, like, everybody going nuts on Twitter. Yeah. Because there's yeah. enough people that watch it internationally and clip it and put the GIFs and everything else up from the Fight TV, the international whatever, that uh, that made it. I think LVAC uh, is selling bumper stickers now that say that as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ian Riccoboni had a great week, I'll tell you. Ian Riccoboni is having a great life. Um, a self-imposed hiatus from Twitter, not like some other people. Um, <laughs> but that's, I think, the most important thing. Uh, Ian, arguably one of the best people in all the world. And Kenny, I'm glad uh, that one of the top indie wrestlers as voted on by the readers of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated sent you their merchandise. <laughs> Good for you, Kenny. Happy for you. All right, it's it's pink button time. It's a it's a roller coaster of uh, rides with Ed, All right. young Ed. Hey, Joan Adam, it's Ed. Hey, uh, I'm in Twitter jail again, as you guys know, uh, for uh, telling Ronnie Racky to uh, kill himself, and Michael Knowles that I uh, should kill himself, and then telling Elon Musk that I, uh, me and my friends, have bashed his skull in with hammers. Um, That'll do it. So, I'm spending time on other apps this week, and uh, I'm on Instagram, and Instagram Reels is just uh, regurgitated TikTok, so uh, I'm sure this guy's on TikTok, too, but have you guys seen the library guy? It's just a guy that really loves working at the library and talks about the library a lot, and how much he loves it, and tells library stories, and it's just pleasant, and I really enjoy it, and I was just wondering, is there anyone doing anything that's not wrestling-related? Uh, online, online that you guys are, are digging right now. Like, been watching a lot of Oni plays stuff this week too, which I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, let me know. Let me know if you know about the library guy. The library guy rules. I like him. Okay, bye. Uh, Joe, you a library guy guy? No, I I would definitely check into the library guy on Ed's recommendation though. It sounds like one of the purest things in Ed's life. <laughs> I'm always happy when Ed discovers something else that tickles his fancy, you know? Yes. Uh, I am not a library guy guy. Um, I don't know. I, I don't like uh, – my Twitter is just wrestling, so it kind of sucks. Uh, I, I am not able to do my daily Twitter check-in of looking at Ed's tweets anymore. <laughs> we mentioned that last week, and now he's more gone. On, more on that later. Yeah, like he got, he's got a little little slap. Uh uh, and like my Instagram is just like toys and and like 
insta hose. So and I can and I can recommend a lot of ladies who might be trying to sell their OnlyFans, but uh, Ed Ed doesn't do that kind of stuff. He's a good boy. So I don't know if anything that I like on the internet, Ed would like. So uh, you know, I, I I watch a lot of the Dabbleverse stuff. Uh, who are these podcasts? Uh, be dabbling live, Tuki Soup potato soup but these are things that you really need to be entrenched in that world with you know mm. uh don't I, I can't recommend them to you but again um you know if you're old school howard stern opie and anthony guy you'll probably get a kick out of it uh, a lot of players from those worlds are in there but because i'm a fat fuck and a lot of the stuff that i like is food related anything that gets recommended to me on the social medias that i'm allowed on is usually food related and i'll just go and say this hey uh, every TikTok reels, whatever the fuck TikTok light is, right? If you're mm. a food person, we all know that the hack at McDonald's is to order a McDouble and say, make it like a Mac. And then you get a Big Mac for $1.50 less. We, we all know that. Every single one of them does that video. And they don't do it any differently. It's like they all got the same script to do the same fucking video, right? Fuck all y'all. But... My kid did bring one to my attention the other day, which I thought was fascinating, and it was a guy who runs his own whatever, convenience store, whatever, and he showed you how to test and control the water-to-syrup ratio in your soda fountain. <laughs> okay. And I thought it was fascinating. That, that, sure. <laughs> Trust me. It was cool. Like, he has this special cup. That like is, is a, it's a certain adapter that you have to put on the spout and it's a certain cup that you pour it in that you can see what the levels are. And then you take the face off and there's like two little things that have a Phillips head. And that's how nice. you control the flow of the water versus the control of the syrup. It was fascinating. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you're happy about that. <laughs> yeah, very happy about that. All right. Uh, I'm sure Ed's, Ed, things are going to get much better, Fred. Right. It's going to go only, only go up from here. Ed just call back a second time. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Uh, hey, so today, uh, I said this in Discord, but uh, now I have a question about it. So I realized today that I'm uh, driving seven and a half hours to Philadelphia and seven and a half hours back by myself uh, to go see DDT uh, with Brett and, and DJ. Um, and that's a long, that's a fucking long drive by yourself. Yes. Uh so, like, you got any advice on, like, how to make that less boring? Or, like, how to, you know, make sure you're awake and paying attention? Um, I know Brian Kendrick said that he did, like, a 12-hour drive once, and he just kept jerking off in the car. But that seems illegal, and I also don't want to take life advice from Brian Kendrick on account of uh, him thinking that the Holocaust didn't happen and that Sandy Hook was fake. Um, so like, do you guys have any advice that isn't, uh, jerking off for seven and a half hours? Uh, and you know, if anybody's listening that has long road trip advice, you know, just tweet at me. Uh, I won't be able to respond for a couple of days, but I'll, I'll see it. So yeah, give me any long road trip advice. Cause this is this 15 hours round trip, uh, by myself. That's, that's going to be, I don't know. At least on the way back, I'll have uh, add-ons of wrestling to listen to. 
Um, Ed, you just gotta stop every time you see a Target or a Walmart and go on a doll safari. It keeps you fresh, you know, get that adrenaline going as you're going down the toy aisle looking for the latest dolls. Uh, yeah, so do that every single time you see one. Uh, so I would say, um, you know, obviously nobody is going with you, but I would maybe bring uh, your dog with you. Might add a little extra time, but at least it'll be a fun companion piece, right? Well, what would... uh? What would the pupper do during the wrestling shows? He could maybe, um, I don't know, Ed could get a vest and say oh. that it's his service animal? There you go. Okay. Okay. Right, we're picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I would say, um, you know, I, I'm a music guy, a podcast guy. I always listen to podcasts. Um, uh, may I recommend for your travels, whether you've listened to it before or not, the lapsed fan lamented the lamentable tragedy of world class championship wrestling. Um, to have Fritz yelling at you the whole time to stay awake. Uh, <laughs> to go with your Fritz von Erich action figure that you'll be getting soon, hopefully, based on his appearance in the film Iron Claw. Um, but the other thing, you know, obviously you could always do cocaine, allegedly. <laughs> To stay awake. Yeah, can't fight that. I mean, that's perfectly a good example of something to do. Allegedly. Allegedly. All right, Ed does call one more time. Oh, I'm sure this will be good. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Just click update. You can't at me anymore on Twitter. I mean, you can, but I'm not going to see the notification because my account's suspended. Because I guess on this app that's uh, the bastion of free speech, you can't say that an aging rock star should split his wrist anymore, and you can't say that a right-wing talking head should be murdered, and you can't say that every state representative should be locked in a building and set on fire, and you can't say that you and your friends would have beat a uh, billionaire uh, sociopath brains in with hammers. I guess you can't say any of this because free speech is illegal in America. Hey, <laughs> so, um, is there light at the end of the tunnel for people like myself and Ed who have had our accounts suspended for no reason whatsoever? Yes, clearly. Clearly. Yes, there is. So, uh, about a week or so ago, there was a bunch of journalists that had their accounts suspended. Like, there was like six of them that all just had like same day all had their accounts suspended. No notice, just like what happened to me, right? Mm. Um, I'm still appealing mine. We're coming up on three weeks of my account being suspended. I keep submitting the request. They come back and they say they can't verify um, that I'm the account owner. So they have me click in to send a link to my email. Then I open the link to my email. Then I have to do one of those CAPTCHA things, right? Yeah, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's three of them that I have to do. And they say, okay, we're able to verify and confirm that you're the account owner. You can go ahead and submit your request. We'll get back to you in three to five days. I don't hear from them. They close the ticket, wash and repeat, right? Yeah. Now, two things with that. I bring up those the, 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 the journalists that got their account suspended and me, what I'm going through regarding this. So just the other day when Adam had me send to him the uh, Joe Sposto selfie of the week for the Patreon, as soon as I attached the photo, I immediately got a pop-up that said, wait a minute, this account normally doesn't do this. 
we need to verify that you're an actual human. <laughs> okay, yeah. I send pictures yeah. all the time to that account, right? Yeah, sure. So I do the thing, I send through the email, I get the verification, I do the captcha, you're good to go. And I'm able to send you the picture, right? So all of those media accounts, journalist accounts, whatever that got popped last week, all got their accounts back today with a message from Twitter that said, hey, upon review um, of our rules, we found out uh, that you didn't break any. Um, sorry about that. Hope this didn't cause any inconvenience. Oh, by the way, you're at zero followers and zero people following you. But you got your account back. Good luck. So, there's a chance that could happen to all of us who got their accounts shut down, suspended for no reason whatsoever, like me and Ed. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I just think of that South Park thing with Randy. Is it Randy Marsh? I was like, I thought this was America. (laughs) We can't tell somebody you want to beat them to death with a hammer. (laughs) Apparently you can't. I don't know. Um, Yeah, so we – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say I did enjoy my brief like half day of being the voice of the voiceless when it comes to Ed's tweets and (laughs) tweeting out on his behalf. And I am a little bit sad that he asked you to tweet on his behalf earlier today. You said no, and he never asked me. I would have tweeted that. All right. But he didn't ask me, so I'm not going to. Yeah, I guess he didn't like the way you were doing it, I guess. I don't know. I didn't know he can see them. I don't know how these Twitter suspensions work. If he didn't yeah. like it, he could have told me. We could have workshopped this. Yeah. Want to make this work, Ed? Uh, so that's all the phone calls. Thanks, everyone, very much for calling. Um, I was hoping that we would get another phone call while we were recording. Um, because I, I understand Ed is handling the Okada news very well. Oh, maybe Patreon exclusive if it comes in. If he comes in, we will break in. Uh, breaking news spy report on the Patreon with Ed's call. I just checked my email, nothing. Okay. Uh, but, you know, we mentioned the Patreon a ton during the show. Go sign up for the Patreon. $5 a month will get you a ton of stuff. Uh, I don't know what's going on with a conversation with Joe this month. Um, Take a month off, Joe. May- maybe we'll talk about it on the Patreon. Okay. Uh, you know, you got to tune in. Um, but, um, LVAC shows are announced for the summer. Nothing at Sokol's yet, but one would assume getting some uh, play on national television, the fight feed, this week is going to inspire the LVAC folks to uh, schedule some stuff at uh, Sokol's. But when we know, you'll know. But I'll mention again, July 21st at Mahoning Drive-In, August 6th at the Iron Pigs, um, Reading, whatever, Allentown, wherever that Lehigh is. Valley Iron Pigs. Yeah, yeah, the High Valley Iron Pigs. Those two shows are set in stone uh, for the summer, so make your plans now. Come out and see the crew, whatever. Um, Patreon. Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. IWTV. Um, all your favorites from the world of professional wrestling had at least one independent match, and I'm almost certain that you could find it there. New subscribers, use the promo code at odds. It lets Jerry know that you came to him from us. And if you continue your uh, subscription with them, we get a little bit of a kickback. Uh, You can also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our eBay affiliate link. Uh, When you click on links to various merchants on this site and make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. 
Yeah, I'm in the middle of a yawn, but yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of yeah, uh, you should yeah listen to these podcasts. They definitely won't make you yawn. Long box heroes, you know, long box heroes after dark. We need wrestling. Porch talk. Viewers choice. Indie wrestling guide. Wings on wings. I'm canceling the two hundred thousand dollar a year paycheck to Hayabusa. What? Uh, and yeah, they got to put out a show, man. Putting a putting a stop payment on that check. Final wrestling place. They charge you for the stop payment, you know. Well, less than 200000 Okay, touche. You said final wrestling place, right? I did. I need anabolic steroids from this doctor <laughs> right now. <laughs> anabolic steroids is a logical next step. Steroids are awesome. I don't care what anybody says. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, best part of the show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. Ha 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 I did. As a matter of fact, a lot of things. Um, so I got the bill for the stuff that needed to be done in the car, uh, battery, uh, pins for my engine, plus labor was about $350. Jesus. All right. right. But my car's so, running. It's humming. I got my car back. I'm very happy about that. She's just throwing the car out. Got a new one. That was my No, life. no, that's that like that's a car payment. So again, if I can get another at least month out of that, then we're good to go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I did buy other stuff. How many things did you buy before we get into the other stuff? Uh, I have a, a couple things, but I'm going to be relatively quick with most of them. I, I will say, speaking of car things, uh, if you remember my troubles with my Jeep. Yes. Uh, I had previously. And they all started from going to a mom and pop garage to get my oil changed. That your mom got the gift certificate for. Correct. Exactly. Now, keep in mind, that was, what, maybe a month ago? And... Uh, Let's. I probably put a hundred miles on my Jeep, maybe two hundred miles, so whatever. I don't go very far. Um, the check oil light came on, ah! so uh, it could just be that, like I didn't actually do the dipstick gimmick. It just it, it says like oh oil change needed. So I'm like, well, it could just be that they didn't reset the thing that tells the car that it just got an oil change, or it could be that they fucked up the very basic. <laughs> task of changing the oil uh rest assured i won't be going there to have them rechange the oil i'm just gonna write this entire thing off as a loss but i figured since you mentioned a car uh, i'm gonna mention this as a follow-up here all right yeah but uh, it's okay from there i mean it drives it hasn't overheated since uh the last time we talked about it so uh other than that i think it's not hemorrhaging fluids anywhere <laughs> you know it's uh, it was a perfectly healthy baby boy before I took it to them, so I don't think they did too much to it, but it's all right for now. And like I said, now that I'm working, I'll just throw it out by another one. I don't care. Uh, speaking of weekly purchases, uh, I did pre-order the WCW Roddy Piper Funko Pop. The like the later era of Roddy Piper one that just got revealed a couple days yeah. ago. That, that went up on Amazon, so that was the only one out of all of the... Uh, the recent reveals that I needed. I have the John Nada Funko pop. I have the, uh, long haired, like 92 Roddy Piper Funko. So I need the, the WCW 97 
I guess that would be. But yeah, I needed that. So I ordered that. Um, I'm on the fence if I'm going to order the Jay and Silent Bob Major Bendies. I am pretty much out of the Bendies game. Uh, but those are cool. You know, I might get those. Yeah, it's up for three weeks, so you got plenty of time to make a decision there, you know? Yeah. I have one other thing, but I'll throw it back to you. Uh, so I pre-ordered the Stink Sheets first official t-shirt. What a um, great fucking commercial. Yes. Um, if you're on the fence, if you're not familiar with the most popular leftist wrestling news podcast in all the world, um, go check out Uncle Otis's YouTube page. I tweeted it out. I'll include it in the show notes link uh, as well. But I think the commercial might convince you to buy the shirt. It's it was probably the best. Like I, I don't even I, words can't describe it. It was the literally the best commercial for a T-shirt I've ever seen. Like I popped so hard because it hit me right. Like I get all of the references from that. You know I don't want to spoil it here. Right. But if, if you are familiar with the subject matter, you will be dying from watching it. So the other thing uh, that I'll mention is with the uh, effort and production values that were put into that commercial is why we don't have a new episode of Hayabusa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that tracks. Uh, anything else? Yes. So uh, I got the invitation for my nephew's birthday party. Uh, he is turning five next month. I knew his birthday was coming up, of course, but it's officially a WWE wrestling birthday party. Um, his mom making the invitations using the free WWE imaging that she was able to find. It's a roster that's generously 10 years out of date, but (laughs) he don't, it's the arena sheet that I saw getting passed around this past week. Oh my goodness. But he don't care. It has John Cena on it, it has Randy Orton on it, but like it also has Alberto Del Rio and Heath Slater on it. So again, right. Um, Sunday night dinner at my dad's house was not the time to tell her or me to try to figure out exactly where this roster is from, you know? Yeah. Um, But um, I went to WWEshop.com or whatever the site is, and I got him uh, for his birthday a kid-sized Randy Orton t-shirt and the Randy Orton bleacher creature, uh, like their knockoff shitty wrestling buddies, right? This kid likes Randy Orton? Randy Orton's his favorite. Oh, man. Yes. Guy. He thinks he's Randy. Or- he's, again, he's going to be five. He went and got his hair cut and told the lady at um, the barbershop to cut his hair like Randy Orton. And she did not know what the hell that meant. Um, at Does school- he have a favorite accountant as well? No. <laughs> like- <laughs> Stop it. Um, <laughs> at school, when for Christmas time, they were going to watch. Uh, what's the stupid? Tr- it's the train, the CGI train movie. With Tom Hanks in it. The fuck is it? Polar Express. Polar Express. Were they going to watch the Polar Express? He instead asked his teacher if they could watch an RKO compilation video instead. (laughs) (laughs) Again, he's fed-pilled. He likes. uh, And he's the one that I um, I I mentioned. I I think I mentioned it here, whatever. Um, You know, I, I pulled up the picture that Cody had tweeted out. You know, one of the best people in the world, as I've been saying here for years. Uh, Cody had the Christmas picture up of him, Brandy, the daughter, and Santa Claus, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I showed it to him. Again, he's four, gonna be five, and he's like, oh, I can't believe that Santa Claus knows Cody Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> so, he likes Randy Orton, he likes Cody Rhodes. Those are his two favorites, right? Like, he got in through Hulk Hogan, but Hulk Hogan's not on TV every week, 
Randy Orton's on TV, Cody Rhodes is on TV, so that's who he likes, right? Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Uh, so, you know, listen, I, the, the, the bleacher creature kind of looks like shit. You know, I don't like the design on them. But when he gets a Randy Orton doll that he can sleep with, he's going to be like the happiest kid in the world, you know? Ah, well, the, these kids these days. like. And I'm the wrestling know. uncle. I'm the one who knows the wrestling stuff. And when he comes up to me and he tells me what happened on SmackDown this week, I'm the only one that watched SmackDown that I can talk to him, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you both have similar interests, you know? Yes. <laughs> All right, anything else? No, that's it, man. All right, so I did buy one other thing. And are you familiar with a company called Oyo? It's spelled O-Y-O? Absolutely not. I know you're supposed to yes and, but I don't know what that is. No, no it's, you're fine. Uh, so it is a company that is now defunct. And what they basically made were knockoff equivalents of Lego minifigs. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but they were sports uh, based like they would they had the license they had nfl mlb basketball hockey all that stuff so you would basically if you wanted like okay i want to buy an aaron judge lego minifig so to speak you would get it from oyo all right follow me so far yes um and they the company was around for about five years and their distribution was very weird in that if you were a top guy like, I'll put this in wrestling perspective for you. Uh, like, if you were your John Moxley's, they would s- send those John Moxley's all over the country. But your, uh, let's just say Chuck Taylor, for example, instead of sending them all over the country, they might just send them to where uh, to Kentucky, where Chuck is from. Mm-hmm. And they would make significantly less of them. And that's kind of how they did the oils, where they would basically say, okay, we're only going to send... Uh, the, the, we're going to send the majority of the Yankee ones to New York, but then would the, if somebody wants an Aaron judge, we'll send a couple of them out, you know, a little bit to California, a little bit to Texas, but like just the heavy hitters, but they made like all of the, the job guys in, in sports as well, but they made so few of them that because they're like, we're not going to send, you know, the Yankees third string catcher all over the country because it's not going to sell. Does that make sense? I know right, but you need those guys to fill out the roster. There's going to be people that want to be the completions of them. But yes. somebody in Kansas City doesn't care, but people in New York will. Yeah, so long story short, uh, when this company existed, they had population reports on their website. So you can literally go there and it would say, okay, uh, Aaron Judge 2017 OYO, you know, we made 2,000 of them. But then it might say, in this case... Nick Swisher, who is a player I buy buy a lot of stuff for, it would say uh, population report 100, just to give you an idea of the range. Because they're like, okay, Nick Swisher isn't going to sell as many as Aaron Judge, so we're not going to make nearly as many of them. And then they would primarily just sell the Swisher at, like, Yankee Stadium or at, like, you know, wherever he plays. They wouldn't send that one to Walmart because, you know, grandma's not going to buy a Nick Swisher figure. She's going to buy a a Shohei Otani, an Aaron Judge. You know what I'm saying? The heavy hitter guys. Right. So long story short, there were four Nick Swisher Oyo figures, and all of them had a population where there was less than 200 made of each one of them. Um, I think like the Yankee one, there was around 210 or something like that. 
but he has three Cleveland Indian ones, Cleveland Indians, uh, now the Guardians. Uh, And each one of those was like, okay, they only made 150 of this one. They only made 100 of this one. They only made like 80 of this one because, again, they're like, okay, it's the Guardians. It's a team that nobody cares about. Uh, doesn't have any fans <laughs> and it's a player that's like a bottom tier player. So it was hard to track down these. And so I owned three of the four of these figures for probably the better part of six, seven years. And I've had an eBay save search for the one that I've been missing for the last six or seven years. And one of them finally came up on eBay this past week. So I'm going to actually just send you a picture of the ones that I have just so you can get an idea of what they look like in package. There's like Lego minifigures, but you can see kind of like the boxes. Um, and like I said, the one that I was missing, nothing fancy about it. It's just literally a different Jersey. Cause it's just like any repaint. Okay. Gonna... I like, I, I like those boxes. Those are cute. Yeah. So this is the one that I just ordered on eBay. It's a stock photo. Um, but I'll be honest with you, I paid like 15 bucks, one five. So it's like nothing. But it's taken me, I don't know, six years to see one for sale because there's so few of them. So, and now the, co- the company's out of business. You know, this who knew that making Lego knockoff uh, figures and only distributing them in, you know, small parts of the country or whatever was not a sustainable business model. Um, but because of that, they're just kind of like they're super rare. And some people like them like me and. Some people don't give a shit, but I have all four of the Nick Swisher ones now. Well, again, it's good to complete a collection. And obviously of all the things that I could have guessed was even a thing that could be a collection. Yeah. Um, I had no idea that this was even something that was in your collection. You know, like this is the first time that you've ever mentioned these things. Yeah, because when I bought the other three, uh, we weren't doing the podcast. So that's how long I've been looking for this fourth one. You know, mm-hmm. uh, And, like, a lot of times, you know, especially if it's a player that, again, is not a big seller, they might only sell them at the ballpark. So, like, you might have had to go to Progressive Field in Cleveland to buy this one because they were like, well, what's the point of sending it to Walmart? Let's just send them to the stadium because we're not going to make a lot of them. So that's why it's been hard to track this last one. And, and again, I would assume that this could be stuff that, you know, it's only at the ballparks, and if they don't sell, then – they could just like be in a warehouse somewhere forever. It could. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you never know what they do with the liquidation of those things. You know, yeah. I know like, for example, uh, in that picture I sent you, there's an Aaron judge, uh, Scranton rail riders one. Yeah. And literally the only place you could buy that one was at the Scranton Wilkes-Barre stadium. So I, it was easy for me to get, you know, but people were gobbling them up and selling them on eBay because if you're a Yankee fan who lives in Florida, for example, you're not getting one of these in a store because, yeah. again, Kmart or Walmart or Target is not selling Scranton Wilkes-Barre or Rail Rider stuff. Yeah. You know, so uh, uh, re- really weird distribution on these. The company's gone. I literally have everyone that I possibly want now, which is literally just the four Swisher ones and one Aaron Judge one. Well, again, and again, I'm proud of you. I'm glad that you were able to, like, close the book on a collection. Yeah. And thank you. I've ordered this thing twice before. Um, Now, like I say, that one hasn't popped up in eBay in six years. That's a little bit wrong. Uh, I've had them come up. And one time the guy sent me the wrong one because, as you see, they're very similar. 
you know, there's just different, like this might be a white jersey and this is a gray jersey and this one, you know, whatever. Um, he had just used an old photo and sent me the wrong one. So I was like, all right, nope, this is getting back to you. He's like, oh, are you sure you don't want it? I'm like, nope, I'm looking for a specific one. And then another time, like, I bought the the item. Like, a week went by. The guy never shipped it, and I messaged him. He's like, oh, I can't find it. I'm like, damn it. So there have been some occurrences where the eBay save search is dinged. Uh, but this is the first time where, well, I don't know, Joe. I haven't gotten it yet. Let's, let's. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, hopefully this will put a bow on this, and I can finally delete what might be one of my oldest save searches, you know, let's hope third time's the charm. Yeah, exactly. But that's all I got. Like I said, spent 15 bucks on that. I bought a Funko pop and that's been it. Awesome. One of these days, I know I've mentioned it. We have to go over like what our save searches are for eBay. I know you've probably got like dozens, if not, you know, into the hundreds, but I've got like maybe 12. Oh, I probably, I'm not even going to look right now, but I've maybe 50. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that'll replace conversations with joe this month okay there you go good good well nothing could replace this episode thank you very much everyone for listening this was episode 276 of at odds with wrestling for adam this is joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.